Kevin Garnett was almost a Laker, plus other thoughts from All-Star Weekend and taking stock of the Celtics. Why not? Let's do it here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Millie's Let's Go. Rainy J's back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this part of your daily routine. We're here free, Monday through Friday, daily. Uh, You don't got to pay for anything. Just pop it on, listen to my soothing voice, and get ready for half an hour of fun Celtics talk. I'm going to do that the whole time, one of these days. Maybe this week, because I don't know what the hell else I'm going to do to talk about uh, the Celtics, but... Going to do it, going to get through it. Maybe get some surprises on for the show this week. I don't know. Figure it out. Celtics don't get back into action until later on. uh, Wednesday, Thursday-ish for practices. And then they play on Friday. And then I'm going out to Los Angeles for the Celtics to play the Lakers and the Trailblazers. So I'll be in those two cities. If you're in one of those two cities, come say hi. I'll be out there. Me and Tom will be out there chilling, covering the Celtics for you. So check out our work at masslive.com slash Celtics. So I figured, you know, there are a few things that I I didn't talk about in the podcast after the All-Star Games. Jotted down a few notes. Going to take stock of the Celtics. Uh, But just, you know, random things that I thought that were kind of cool from the All-Star Game. Because I thought the All-Star Game was kind of cool. I didn't get to see everything. Because while I was there... Uh, I was behind that screen that when they were doing the performances, the concerts, like when Jennifer Hudson was doing her, you know, song for Kobe, that screen that they were projecting or not projecting the, the, the like led screen that they had all the photos on. I was behind that. So I didn't get to see the performances. I didn't get to see the halftime show. I didn't get to see the intros. I heard them. They sounded nice, but there were elements to the All-Star game that I I missed and uh I kind of wish like I was in that in that end seat which got me a decent view being up further up and in the top seats would have been actually a little bit better for me I would have gotten to see kind of like the whole thing got the full experience but whatever still thought it was cool uh, I want to shout out the NBA for adding the charity element, which I don't think I did in, in the podcast yesterday. I thought it was cool that ultimately they gave like a million dollars to charity, which I know everybody says like, oh God, only a million dollars for the NBA. But I mean, they're constantly giving to charity. So they're like, this is, that's going to do a significant amount of help for the kids that were sitting there. And as was pointed out by a lot of people online, uh, the kids sitting there at the end was really cool because those could have been expensive seats that could have been given to, to people that, you know, you want to make some money, but they gave a lot of seats to those two kids, the two cheering sections, the team Giannis, the team LeBron, 
thought it was really cool that those kids got to sit there and enjoy that game and kind of interact with these players. And one thing the All-Star Weekend does, I mean, it goes into a city and it takes over a city, but it also gives these guys an opportunity to be a part of that community. And the kids in these cities get a chance to really get some cool experiences. And this was a cool one for a bunch of kids that could really use some of the help and and the help that they got was great. So shout out to the NBA for, for making that happen. They, they, they really wanted to make this weekend special. Uh, I think the, the Kobe thing was, you know, this added element that I don't think, I mean, obviously no one expected. So they, they added to this entire program. They added the Magic Johnson bit. They added other elements. So people were complaining about like 8 o'clock start time, and it really was 8.40 by the time they really started. I think a, a significant portion of that was, you know, I don't think they were expecting to have Jennifer Hudson singing about Kobe Bryant. Like that was something that they added, and they weren't going to take away some of the other things. So but they, I think, generally nailed it, and the the charity elements were, were cool. A uh, couple of things, I, I, I kind of want to stress that Jason Tatum was like a little kid and was, from what I saw, repeatedly holding back like the big, giddy smile. Like, I feel like Jason Tatum has spent so much of his life gearing up to these moments of facing the media and trying to be under control and trying to kind of contain himself publicly that he wouldn't let himself in front of the cameras, in front of the reporters really become like wide eyed and giggly or anything like that. Whereas if it was me or you would probably would have been like screaming around, running around like, uh, Kevin in home alone when, you know, just running through the hallways with your hands in the air. Ah, like that would have been me for sure. Like my first all-star game, I would have been like, Oh my God, you're LeBron James. (laughs) I get to be your teammate for a day. Uh, that's just, I don't know. That is really cool. And I think like inside he was having those moments like, Oh my God, I'm in a locker room. And that's LeBron, and that's Kawhi, and that's AD, and and this is like all of the greats in the NBA right now, and and I'm in this same locker room, like holy shit, this is kind of cool. But he doesn't let himself outwardly have, but I could see it, I could see it in his face when he's talking about certain things, like he was holding back the smile, uh, and I just want to say that I saw it. And I feel like it should be known that, and I think Tatum should have like let himself go maybe a little bit more, but that's, you know, his personality is what it is. And, um, I think he wants to kind of be the more reserved one. I don't think he wants to have like those, those moments publicly. So whatever, that's cool. That's his prerogative. And so, uh, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that he brought Deuce, see Deuce out there running around the court. It was a real sweet moment with him and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook saw Deuce running around with the basketball, so he kind of made like the little hoop with his arms so Deuce can you know make a basket. That was a cool little thing. Uh, just a lot of cool things that happened. 
Yeah, these guys, they're competitive. So when they go up against one another, they, you know, they they have this bitter like rivalry, whatever, and they, they can have their moments and maybe they don't like each other uh, in certain moments. But when you get them in that setting, most guys, not all, but most guys, you just kind of like, hey, isn't this kind of cool what we do? We get paid to do this and this is kind of fun. And you get to like let your guard down and just talk basketball with other great players around the league. So very nice to see that. Uh, I also... Asked Kemba Walker last week. I was talking about the the uh, passing the torch series that they do, which aired on Monday night, by the way. And I said Kemba should be talking to Tiny Archibald. Well, I asked Kemba about that, and he says I do talk to Kemba to to uh, Tiny Archibald. I talked to him. I've talked to him before. He's I've worked out with him. I worked out with him in high school, and he's he's helped me a lot. So just want to kind of pass along that I thought it was really cool that he does talk to Tiny and has worked with him. Like I said, if you didn't listen to that podcast, I mean, they're both Bronx guys. The similarities are there. They both played like six or seven years in the league prior to coming to the Boston Celtics. They both made three all-star games. They both, I want to say their ninth year in the league is with the Boston Celtics. Um, They've both become all-stars with the Boston Celtics. the, The similarities are there. Not direct correlation, but there, there are similarities that, you know, six foot guy from the Bronx joining the Celtics after being a star somewhere else in the league. It's, it's kind of fun. It's, it's a fun little similarity. And to have the, the, the knowledge now that, you know, yeah, they've, they've spoken, they've spoken about playing and not specifically about the Celtics, but they, they've worked together. It's, it's kind of cool. And that, that Kemba draws inspiration from, from Tiny Archibald is cool. Uh, I will say that that series, the Passing the Torch series, was was good. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, Kemba Walker has like the line of the series where he and Paul Pierce are talking, and Pierce asks him what it means to be a Celtic, and he says something like, "You know, the tradition, the history." And and he was asked like, "What does it mean to be a Celtic?" And he says, "You know, I can't go out there and let the history down," which is like pure basketball porn for Celtics fans. If you watch that, when you get to that point, you're going to hear it and you're going to be like, oh my God, yes. (laughs) If you don't own Kemba jersey already, you're going to want to get one after he says that because he just drops it. And it's it's kind of cool that he has that feeling. Like you go out there and you see the parquet and it's you look up into the, the rafters and there's banners there and all of those numbers. Jason Tatum talked about it and uh, Grant Williams talked about it a little bit. That's That means something. And it means something to players. Just like it means something for them to play in that All-Star game and, and why Kemba played so much in that All-Star game. Um, that means something. So pretty cool to uh, see that. So that's all available now on YouTube. Now, if you're like me, I sit at a computer all the time and I'm typing and you tend to like hunch your shoulders and you get like that tightness up in your neck and you're constantly like trying to like massage it out and ugh, it sucks. But there's a new tool out there that really can help. It's a, called the Theragun. It's a handheld percussive device uh, developed by Dr. James Worsland, who after a uh, motorcycle accident in 2007, 
he had this debilitating muscle and nerve pain and he went into his garage and went through his tools and created out of desperation this thing that he ultimately became the Theragun. It's this percussive device that you can use to kind of get a real deep tissue uh, release uh, of that deep muscle tension. This can be for anybody. You could be at the gym three hours a day, or you could be at a computer for 10 hours a day. There are a lot of different things that make you stress, that that make your muscles bunch up, that give you these knots, that, that really you need some sort of help. And so that's why the Theragun is there, the handheld percussive therapy device. You can get really deep in there, and it's scientifically calibrated to get a combination of depth, speed, and power. So you can feel better naturally, treat your pain, get back to your life. You can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash locked on for a limited time locked on celtics listeners get a free charging stand with the purchase that's a 79 dollar value that's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. One thing I got to do at All-Star Weekend was sit in on the live recording of the All the Smoke podcast with uh, Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Kevin Garnett, which I've spoken to, spoken about a little bit, but the thing that stood out to me, the thing I wrote about is the decision in 2007 where he says on the podcast and he said, I remember when he was hearing it live, I was like, wow, I didn't realize how close he was to going to the Los Angeles Lakers and going to the Lakers. I mean, think about how life changes, how significantly life changes. If Kevin Garnett goes to the Los Angeles Lakers Instead of the Boston Celtics, the Lakers already were as good enough to compete with the Celtics. I mean, they beat the Lakers. The Celtics beat the Lakers 2008. They play the Lakers again in 2010. They, they, the Lakers were good, obviously. Now, obviously some of those players would have gone to Minnesota in a trade for Kevin Garnett. But when you think about the impact that Kevin Garnett made in Boston, can you imagine what he would have done with Kobe Bryant in L.A.? And he said, I wanted to link up with Kobe. And for some reason, he called Kobe and Kobe Bryant didn't answer his phone. And he talked to Kevin Garnett, talked to Teron Liu, he talked to a couple other guys, but T. Lou was the guy that was closest to Kobe. And he was like, yeah, call him again. And KJ called him again. And there was no answer. And so from there, Danny Ainge comes into the picture and he starts selling Garnett. And, and Garnett has this great story about, you know, Ainge coming in and painting a picture and, and 
I'm sorry, Garnett is able to see that picture. It's like being painted in front of him and he's like staring through Danny Ainge and seeing the vision that's being painted and all that stuff. But I don't even know if Danny Ainge gets that shot if Kobe Bryant answers his phone. So, I mean, so much that you wish you could ask Kobe now. And that would have been, it would have been amazing to hear his side of the story on this because that would have been, I mean, we're talking about such a significant shift in history because the Boston Celtics have these 17 banners, but one of them comes from Garnett and that prevented the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers could have passed the Celtics in overall championships, which would have been just tragic, right? Just tragic. Uh, obviously it didn't happen. And I, I, I do want to say that it's, it's different between the Lakers and the Celtics when it comes to championships. Obviously the Boston Celtics have been the Boston Celtics since the beginning. All of their championships have been won in Boston. All of them have been won in that area where the garden is now. The old garden was just in that space in front of the building. So now if you go into the garden and if you're young enough to like not remember or not realize that entrance now right right where the uh the statue is in front of Bobby Orr like those escalators like those escalators were the basketball court of the old garden I mean, it was right there. And so all of Boston's championships were won in that vicinity. The Lakers Five of those championships were Minnesota, and the first of them in 1949 was with the BAA. So it's not even an NBA championship, it's a BAA championship. And so the NBA traces its roots back to the BAA slash NBL. Like So the BAA, Basketball Association of America, was the first league, and they had a competitor, the NBL, the National Basketball League, they combined forces after a few years and became the NBA. And so the NBA traces their history back to the BAA. So technically they count that BAA as NBA history, but the first Minneapolis Lakers title was a BAA championship. So not only can you, as a Celtics fan, say, no, you have 15 NBA championships. You don't have... 16 NBA championships. One of those is is a BAA. You can also say that Los Angeles has 11 championships and Minnesota has five. And so just, you know, bragging rights, you want to throw that out there. But none of that would have mattered because Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant together would have just been devastating. And if they had kept Pau Gasol in that mix or I don't know how that would have worked out with the trade – if Kobe had just answered his phone, things would have been a lot different, a lot different. I mean, not only would those championships not exist, we wouldn't have had that Garnett and Pierce trade. We wouldn't have had like Jason Tatum doesn't come to Boston. Jalen Brown doesn't come to Boston. There's so many different things just don't happen. The entire course of NBA history is just radically changed by Kobe Bryant not answering his phone. So think about that for a second. It's wild how something little like that can have such a massive repercussion on on the league 
and you just don't know it at the time. We're going to take a break, come back. Taking stock of the Celtics before we head into the final stretch of the season. It's next on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. The Boston Celtics get back to action on Friday in Minnesota, the beginning of a four game road trip that goes Minnesota, LA after a day off, a day off after that, and then to Portland, and then a back to back after the Portland game with the Utah Jazz. Now, I contend that that Utah Jazz game is fraught with peril, that they are going from Portland to Utah, losing an hour with the time zone switch, going into altitude, the the, the last game of a four-game road trip. I feel like that's a schedule loss. But I was talking to some of the... Utah people at All-Star, and they were like, you know what? The Jazz have lost a lot of games in situations like that, so we expect the Jazz to lose that game. And so we're both sitting there saying we expect our teams to lose that game, so that'll be an interesting road trip to start the post-All-Star portion of the schedule. Now, the Boston Celtics, third place in the East at 38-16. and They've won 70% of their games They are the third best defense in the league with a defensive rating of 106.2. They have the fifth best offense in the league, an offensive rating of 113.1. They have the third best point differential in the league, second best in the East, behind only Milwaukee and... The Lakers. Milwaukee's point differential is insane. They're 46 and 8. I don't know what the hell is going on with them. They shouldn't be that good, but they are. And so, I mean, good for them, but whew. it's so funny that the team is 46 and 8. And a lot of a lot of people are out there going like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about them. Not sure. <laughs> 46 and 8, a team that uh with the best player in the league, arguably, the MVP, the reigning MVP, and we're all like, eh, you know, show it to me in the playoffs. Uh, Toronto is surprising. I don't know if the Celtics are going to catch Toronto. So the first step here is when we kind of reset things and take stock. The Celtics are a game and a half, a game and a half behind the Raptors. And that is easy enough to catch up on and they they can they can make that up. They play each other again on March 20th. So that'll be a big game Friday March 20th. It should be uh the Celtics have a, a bit of a tough stretch before that, but that week they play at Chicago on Sunday, 2 days off they play at home against the Knicks. And then the Toronto game is the front end of a back-to-back, a road back-to-back in Toronto and in Brooklyn. It's the beginning of a four-game road trip. 
That Toronto game is going to be very important. The Celtics can keep their their tiebreaker. Um, they could move past the Raptors. The Raptors have a fairly easy schedule the rest of the way, and so the Celtics are really going to have to try to keep pace with with the Raptors, who have gotten fat off an easy schedule the past with that big winning streak that they just have, like 15 games. Uh, so the first thing that we're looking at is, can the Celtics get to that second seed? I feel like the second seed is where you want to be. You want to avoid the Milwaukee Bucks as long as possible. Your first round matchup is going to be either Milwaukee, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, the Brooklyn Nets or Orlando. I desperately want Kyrie Irving versus the Boston Celtics in the playoffs because he'll have no choice but to talk to the media. He'll have no choice but to face the Celtics, no choice but to come into Boston and and face the the team, the fans, and all of that. Like the, the drama there, that would be amazing, amazing in a first-round series. So if the Celtics get that and they can get by Brooklyn in the first round, uh, Brooklyn, by the way, is two games up on Orlando. They're in the seventh seed. They're six games behind the Indiana Pacers. Feels like un- unless something goes very wrong, we're starting to see some separation here. Brooklyn and Orlando are going to be like 7-8. Um, the Pacers are in a fight for that 4-5-6. Probably not four, but that 5 or 6 uh, Philly is sitting there in a fight for that 4-5. Boston is in a fight for that 2-3 with Toronto. So Milwaukee, number one, some combination of Boston, Toronto are going to be 2-3. Some combination of Miami, Philly is going to be 4-5. Uh, it looks like you can throw the Pacers in there for that fifth spot discussion, but they might be sitting there in sixth, just kind of depending. So, well, you know, the Sixers are kind of a mess. I'll throw them like Miami, Philly, Indy is good. That four, five, six is going to be an interesting little matchup. And then the separate seventh, eighth, Brooklyn, Orlando. So you've got these like one, two, three, four tiers in the East moving forward. And so with. 20 some odd 28 games or so left depending on the team less than 30 games there's not a lot of time to make up a, this ground so Celtics in a fight for that 2-3 if something goes wrong they could fall to 4 but that's the scenario the Celtics the big question now moving forward is health obviously number 1 is health If they're healthy, what can they be at full strength? What can their bench be when you've got your starting lineup intact? When Robert Williams is back and he's giving you 10 to 15 minutes a game in certain situations, we're going to see the potential for Ennis Cantor, more DNPs. We're going to see the potential for the better use of three very uniquely talented centers who do three very uniquely different things. And if the Celtics are getting 
blown away with Ennis Cantor on the floor, you can just pull him. And you have actually you can throw with Grant Williams in there four. You can go big, strong offensive rebounder Cantor. You can have obviously Daniel Tice be the center. Uh, who's more versatile, can stretch the floor, can switch onto guards and do all the things that he's been doing. He's obviously your number one guy at that position. You can throw in Robert Williams, who's a rim runner, who's a shot blocker, who can still pass out of that position and be super athletic. And then you can throw in Grant Williams, who can be your small ball guy, set the picks, do the little things. You have a lot of different options there if Robert Williams is healthy. That adds to the bench, okay? You're you're talking about like, "Hey, we we need we needed help on the bench with, you know, we need to shore up our big man rotation." Well, here's your big man rotation. You just essentially traded for Robert Williams. And I know that's the cliché thing to say, but there it is. You got Robert Williams. He's an addition that you haven't had for most of the season. And here the Celtics are in that position, that third spot, all of the things that I said, and now you're adding Robert Williams to that mix. Hopefully, I mean, they said everything's going to go well. They, they, everything's been going well, so I'm, I'm kind of banking on what the team's been telling me. So with Robert Williams on the bench, now Marcus Smart comes in with either Grant, I don't know if Romeo gets any, any burn, uh, I don't know if uh, what what the Celtics do for maybe a little bit of more scoring off of the bench. This is where the staggering comes in, and maybe Gordon Hayward comes out at like the seven minute mark, and he has a shorter seven minute stretch, and but then he comes in with like a minute to go in the first and plays most of the second quarter, and so Marcus Smart. And either Ennis Cantor or Grant, or Grant or Robert Williams are coming in and still playing with like Kemba and Jalen and Jason. And then the second quarter, you you have now Gordon in, into this mix and one of Jalen or Jason and Kemba gets a little bit of a rest, smarts out there with one of your backup centers. I mean, that, that really can be a very potentially powerful lineup. We're talking about shortening the rotations moving forward. Uh, At least as you get closer to the playoffs, you start making your stretch runs. Guys are going to start ramping up their their minutes a little bit. We're going to play like a tick more, except for maybe Kemba Walker, who should maybe stick more towards the 32-33 for most games. Uh, Less if he can. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised... Another thing to look forward to is does Kemba, does Brad use Kemba like a little bit less when he's got a lead, a 15 point lead, and you've got Marcus Smart out there? Do you try to steal another couple of minutes without Kemba on the floor? And maybe you run Marcus Smart a little bit more, or maybe you use Brad Wanamaker a little bit more. And just see if you can steal another minute or two where you might throw Kemba in, but maybe you just say, all right, let's 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 see if we can kind of keep his minutes down and hopefully survive. Um, the emergence of Jason Tatum kind of allows maybe for some of that. If 
Tatum keep, keeps doing what he's doing, and Jalen Brown can kind of support that and play at his kind of fringe all-star level, and Gordon Hayward can kind of support that, then you can kind of play a little bit more conservative with, with Kemba, knowing that as you get closer to the playoffs, you're going to want to make sure that he's in rhythm, that he's finding his groove. Um, he hasn't been shooting particularly well lately. You'd like to see him start shooting a little bit better as you get into the playoffs. So the Celtics with their health and hopefully uh, better health moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see how Brad Stevens uses his rotations, how he distributes the minutes, who gets more minutes, who sits a little bit more, who maybe sits out a game or two here and there, and how they manage those minutes. And then really how much are they putting stock in that second seed? You'll be able to tell what, what the Celtics find important by how they use these guys. And my inclination is that they, they probably want to get that second seed and avoid Milwaukee as much as they can. And hopefully as each series moves on, there's a little bit more wearing down of the people that Milwaukee is counting on. And then maybe by a conference finals, the Celtics depth can maybe come into play at and they can maybe, maybe take advantage of a a more weary Bucks team. I mean, does that sound like grasping at straws? Yeah. Am I grasping at straws? Yeah. So uh, we'll see uh, how that plays out. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We'll see how the rest of this week plays out. I'm going to try and get some guests and add another voice to this podcast to maybe continue this conversation about what we can expect moving forward. You can also send in your questions, maybe do a mailbag. You know, you can tweet me at Reds Army underscore John. You can tweet the uh, podcast at LO Celtics. Use the hashtag LO Celtics. Send a question. If you've got a question, I can do a mailbag podcast, no problem, and answer your questions heading into the second portion of the season, the post-All-Star portion of the season. So do that. Follow me on those two places and uh, give a good written review. A five-star rating of this podcast would be fantastic and share it. Tell your friends to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.